Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome to Dr. Homebrew, everybody, the only podcast on the internet web tube machine that will teach you how to make better beer, provided you send it in and, you know, are around to talk to us on the radio. This is truly Interwebs 3.0. It is Webs 3.0, and you heard it here first uh, because you only listen to this show. In fact, you don't even really know why there are other podcasts out there because this is the only show you listen to. I guarantee it. The web Actually, I started listening to uh, uh, Atlanta Monster. That's a good mm. podcast. I like this true crime kind of resurgence that we've seen. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of true crime like TV uh, coming out, and there's a lot of true crime podcasts. I really enjoy that. Right. I thought I'd share that with you. Speaking of podcasts, Heads and Tails, my new show with Warren Beardy Billups, if you can put up with him. Uh, it's called Heads and Tails. It is currently number 53 on the top 100 podcasts about food on iTunes. Which one of you guys is the head and which one is the tail? It alternates. It really just alternates. Okay. Yeah, you guys alternate. It, we okay, alternate. that's cool. Yeah. Um, it looks like there's a lot of boring <laughs> food podcasts out there. I have nothing to say about this. I just realized <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, hey, I'm on the show. <laughs> And I'm like trying to, try to just, jump in, but I'm like, I, yeah. I have nothing to say. You don't hey, want to jump in on this one. Don't worry about it. I'm just working. It's fine. Don't You'll get be your right. cat in this fight. You'll be all right. Yeah, there's a lot of it looks like terrible food podcasts out there. But I'll tell you what's not a terrible food podcast. Heads and Tails, where we talk about craft spirits. Check it out. It's sponsored by um, the Pico Still. Hmm. We talk about the Pico Still. I'm stoked about that. Anyway, it's a good show. You should check it out. Are we? Is, is this legal to like promote other shows on the Brewing Network, or, yeah, or are you supposed sure. to be doing this? Or? Well, I've, I've, I'm, I'm supposed <coughs> to have been doing it the entire time, but I always forget. But now <laughs> that it's my show that I'm promoting, I'll remember all day long. Have you done any like? Uh, I guess I should, you shouldn't even mention if you have. But you've done any like, home home distilling at None. all? None. None. I don't have a machine yet, but I'm going to get one soon. I know I'm going to get one soon. Um, speaking of doing things at home, why do I hear? Crackling. You guys hear crackling? Yes. Crackling, yes. Bad. Uh, crackling, bad. Okay. Um, maybe whatever I did <laughs> fixed it. Um, uh, this show is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn about cleaning and sanitizing your home brewing equipment. If you're going to distill or not, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, clean it first, and then you distill it. That's what Five Star has beaten into everybody's heads, and with good reason, because that is how you make good beer, everybody. So yeah, and check it out. good liquor as well. I mean, I've never understood people who are like, well, you can just make whatever you crap you want to make and use turbo yeast and make something that tastes terrible as a, as a beer before you distill it. No, yeah. you need to make something that tastes good as well before you distill it. You end yeah. up with a better final product. So exactly. I a cheap sugar in a bucket with turbo yeast. Yeah. yeah. 
You could, yes, you definitely can. But I tell you, some of the people that we've had on Heads and Tails, they're they're beer makers. For two of them, they're beer makers first. This one guy just worked. I think he won. I want to say he worked at Gordon Beersh. I can't be sure about that. Uh, another guy has a brewery in his distillery, and they just distills the things that he makes. So you, it's a pay nice. attention to fermentation. Obviously, it's a pay attention to cleanliness because these people know that it transfers over. And you should know that, too, on the beer side. On the wine side, you're making cider, yeah. making mead, whatever you're doing. Five okay. Star Chemicals has the chemicals for you, and they're good for the environment. No, like they're, garbage they're in, garbage out. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, today on the show, um, it's another guestless show, which I apologize for, uh, but I'm not going to take the heat for this one. Uh, we have Brandon's Rye IPA we're going we're gonna to check out, which is kind of cool. It's in a gross bottle, but just capped. But it got capped, yeah. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no swing top, which is cool with, by they, me, they man. They took away the swing top. Right. Like, he was willing to send in the bottle, but not give us the swing top. No, well, why would he? Maybe he ran out of swing tops for them. I mean, I have yeah. some gross bottles. With no swing top. And then uh, Scott dropped off a Vienna lager, which I'm excited to drink. Uh, I know for a fact Scott is working tonight. So that, he's like, I can't make it, but I'll drop Dr. a beer Scott. off. And uh, no, Dr. Scott would be here <laughs> waiting for us to, uh, and he would just say the same thing five times. <laughs> I smelled acetone. Yeah. So we're going to drink these beers, and we're going to have a good time doing it. But before we do that, I want to let you guys know that the fine folks at More Beer have been dealing, uh, leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique home brewing equipment like the Robo Brew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the Robo Brew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel. If you're thinking about getting into all grain brewing and you're still doing extract or whatever, you should seriously consider the Robo Brew or the Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical. That has a 9-gallon capacity, conveniently enough. It'll hold up to 35 PSI, which is pretty sick. So check it out, morebeer.com. Those people bring you uh, a lot of stuff over here on the show uh, or on the network. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by that friggin' yeah. static. And I hope it's not coming through <laughs> the end of the, uh, you know, end of the, the recording. There's no way for me to know that. Yeah, good people at More Beer though. Not for, I haven't been in a while. I need to go. Like, I heard it's it's they've crazy. blown it out. It's crazy. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, about the the sparge arm for you know maybe I talked about it last time, but like the the sparge thingamajig, they you know and that thing has just been that thing's been great. I haven't been brewing much, but when I've used it, like it's made sparging. Hello, fellow beginners. <laughs> it's made. Why did uh, that happen? It's made sparging just so much easier and smoother, and I really enjoy the. The sparge manifold that they have, I think that's a great product, and you know anything there is great. But that was, I was really excited. You know, it took me a while to pull the trigger on that one. I had other ways to sparge, yeah. but yeah. I think it was fantastic. And I probably talked about it last show too, but um, just still using it, and I'm still really excited about it. So awesome! Got some weird studio juju going on. I here, know, man. man. I know. I'm so distracted. Ghosts. I th- I hit the start button, and I shouldn't have done it because I didn't mean to do it. Um, well, I tell you what, let's let's drink a beer. Maybe that'll help. Maybe I think that'll it would. solve things. Okay. It would help a lot. Let's do. You want to do Scott's Vienna Lager because so, we already have it open. Yeah, sure. All right, let's do that. Uh, there's my glass. Or do you want to? You want fresh glasses, or what do you guys want? No, we're good. Right. Let's keep we her just, going. We just poured it like top her off. Awesome. Uh, Keith, why don't you start us out since Brian uh, generally starts us? Thanks, JP. And I, I want to be. I, I want to be Brian like equal. I don't think I started good. any on the last show. Did I? You yeah, did. you started. Oh, the first I did one. the first one. Okay, thank you. Keith Tom. Uh, okay. Aroma. I got some biscuit, melanoidin, toast. 
Uh, all medium high sort of area. Slight. I get. Okay, this has been the weird thing I've been going on lately of just tasting kind of strange things. So I have a, this slight sunk, skunky sesame seed uh, oil aroma, but just just it's mild. But it's a it's the, quite honestly the only thing I found off putting about this entire beer uh, at all. But um, no esters, uh, really cleanly uh, made in terms of fermentation, uh, according to my my nose at least. Uh, low sulfur, herbal hop aroma. With a touch of anise, and uh, that's it. So, 8 out of 12. Uh, medium amber, orange in color, um, white head, great retention. Um, just overall, really, really pretty beer. Uh, Flavor-wise, get toasty, uh, fairly hoppy um, in terms of flavor. Get some, get some, get some uh, that herbal, spicy hop character. Um, I thought the bitterness was was. Fairly on the high side for you know, uh, I don't want to say fairly on the high side for uh, the style, but still in in style. Um, the the finish was was a little bit sweet, um, but you know the balance with the hops, I think it kind of works well with this beer. Um, so it's nearly even, maybe leaning even a little bit to the hop side. Uh, great clean fermentation again. I was really excited about the how clean this beer was. It, it tastes like it was fairly well lagered, um, too. It's very, very clean. Um, flavor is a lot of that, uh, as I mentioned before, herbal, spicy hop character. The malt is, uh, is, is uh, pretty, pretty fantastic. Uh, um, again, I'm kind of repeating myself here. Sorry. Uh, 15 out of 20. Uh, Malfeo, okay. me- medium low body, uh, light hop astringency, no warming. Um, I thought it was a little, a little, maybe, maybe the body... You know, just overall, it was just a little, a little too harsh to be smooth. I know he talks about the sub guidelines, talks about it being smooth, and it just feels like this doesn't really finish like smooth and, and crisp as as it could. Um, but overall, you know, impression. Uh, I think it was a really great job with the fermentation here and the malt. I felt like the hops, uh, either it could be lo- you know, for dialing back the hop uh, aroma and flavor, it could be dialed back a little bit either, or nice, or or just lagered a little bit longer. Um, I think the hops, to me, remind me slightly of like a German Pils in terms of uh, flavor. Um, you know, I I would dial those back, let the, the malt shine a little more. Yeah, say dial back a like hundred times here. I could um, see that. Yeah, like a German Pils or something, right? Yeah, and it's it's. It, it's- I wish was spicy that yeah, spice kind of yeah. yeah it's it's maybe on the on the borderline edge of being okay for the style and they talk about in, in the guidelines for this beer versus a, a fest beer or Meritzen, um that it, it's allowed to be a little you know a little bit more hoppy but I think this is pushing the the envelope a little too much on that and I'd like to see that just dialed back a little bit or even just loggered out a little bit more. Um, but overall, that was a, a fantastic job in terms of fermentation. And I like the malt character. Um, I gave it a thirty-eight. Um, and you know, thought I was really, really pleased with this beer in, in general. Awesome, Brian. What about you? You're next, my friend. Uh, thank you. I wasn't listening to anything Keith said, so that my uh, impressions will be uncolored. And I don't like listening to him. Um, <laughs> the aroma Fair is enough. malty. Uh, with the it's, it's definitely to me, it's balanced to the malt, bready and toasty. Uh, didn't get any obvious esters in there. Has to me kind of a medium low herbal floral hop, clean and pleasant 
Uh, it seems really well lagered. It's, it's nice and, and uh, smooth. There's just a bit of maybe some sharpness. I wouldn't call it sesame seed. I was like, um, I'm trying to think of the I weirdest. Th- listen to me, man. What's going on? The, well, I, I like know. A, like you know, a brand I mean, new pack of toothpicks. I like to say what the beer doesn't smell like so people out there know. It doesn't smell like the weirdest thing that could pop into my head. Right. Um, you know, it, it smells like JP's glasses. Oh, yeah. A little more than the. That's a good smell. Sesame oil. Um, appearance is medium amber. It is beautiful. Orangey highlights. Excellent clarity. Low white head. That persists quite well. Full points there. Toasty malt with a bit of sweetness in the finish. Um, I would say it's the the sweetness as it warms up becomes a bit high for me for the style. It's not super annoying, but it's just definitely I would like it just a bit more attenuated. So that's one thing that I'll point to. But yeah, for for improvement. To me, though, it's definitely malt balanced. I'm not getting a huge hop in this. Um, it's you know medium low hops, um, kind of floral. Um, seems cleanly lagered. Um, low bitterness, not as crisp as hoped though. It's just a bit kind of wordy in the aftertaste. Like that sweetness is kind of coming through again. Hmm. But I liked it. It's yeah. it's a very like a creaminess. You know, like it's cr- like a little yeah. creamy. It's not a firm like solid tie together. Kind of goes oozes oozes out. That's what you mean. I would just say that it's very wet. At just the in end. the in the finish, it just kind of keeps going. The sweetness yeah. kind of stays stays okay. on your tongue a little longer than you want. It. I get that less of creaminess, but that's me. I guess. To me, creaminess is kind of a mouthfeel. It just feels like like a creamy, smooth beer in your mouth. And this one has maybe a little more sharpness than that. To me, I'm not. I wouldn't call it okay. a super creamy yeah, I, I beer, but that's a that's a mouthfeel comment. I okay. was getting there, JP. Getting ahead All of right. me. Sorry, I'm reading your notes. Medium light body, medium carbonation, uh, no warmth or astringency. Uh, it's just a hint biting, but not. I wouldn't call it like astringent. Um, not very creamy, smooth. Just kind of goes down, but actually, mouthfeel wise, you know, other than not being quite as crisp as hoped, it's it's pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, it's a pleasant drink of Vienna. Really nicely lagered. I like uh, um, the recipe. It's just uh, could use a little bit higher attenuation, just a bit malty sweet in the finish. And get it a touch drier, and it's an excellent example of style. I gave it a 37. I thought it was very, very good. I could drink a lot of that. 37. Wow. Yeah, I like it too. I think it's. Uh, I think it's good. And this is going to sound facetious, but for me, after you know, when you drink it, it kind of it's wet. It like stays it stays wet, moist. It, it, it doesn't dry out, but it doesn't just kind of hang out like a malt bomb. Anyway, it's just it's yeah. like it's like you're salivating. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, I mean, it's a weird it's a weird finish. Vienna shouldn't be bone dry either, but yeah. you know you, you should have a hint of some malty sweetness in there. But um, and it's not again, it's not over the top. This is a very fine point. And Absolutely. also, I drew a picture of a cat on my score sheet. Good job. I, I think what you're saying, you know, like we both gave it a 38 to 37, and, and JP gave it a, a JP thumbs up. That's right. But uh, I think we, we both are saying that this is a really great beer. And any, any refinements are, and, and I can see what you're saying, you know, with, with being a little bit sweet in the finish, and that can use some, 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 a little bit more attenuation there. And I personally, I would like to see a little less hop expression in terms of a flavor. But yeah. that's, that's just me. I'll but, argue with you about the hops. It's, yeah. But yeah. this is what we do on the show. This is the point of the show. Right. This is how to get you a 50 point beer, or at least higher than a 38. 
Well, we, I don't know if we can get you. We a might 50 never point. give a fifty point. Uh, it's just no. not going to happen. <laughs> now it could happen. Forty could happen. I have to be yeah. open to that possibility. That That's we get right. Yeah, but put it over forty. You know, right now beer. this is already a winning a winning beer. This, this is, is great, great, beer. great homebrew. Yeah, it's fantastic homebrew. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to deal with uh, Brandon's Rye IPA and talk about that. It's Doctor Homebrew. We will be right back with more beers. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, y'all. All y'all folks. Uh, hey, if you don't know about the Brew Guru app, well, gee golly, you're sure missing out. Download the Brew Guru app. It's from the AHA. It tells you where to utilize your AHA membership to get discounts on great beers and appetizers and all that kind of stuff from local breweries. Also, homebrew shops. Uh, but also, if you are not a member of the AHA, uh, if you haven't done that yet, which you should, because it's $38 a year and you get so much good information, it's a good group of people that help you be able to homebrew. But anyways, if you're not a member, still grab the app because it will show you where all the good beer bars are and where all the good breweries are and wherever you are. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, you know, also it's free. So check it out. Brew Guru. It's a cool thing. Okay. We have Brandon's Rye IPA. And, of course, Brandon's not with us uh, tonight, but, uh, you know, hey, man, it happens. This has been a very lonely, lonely show. I know, it's hard, man. A couple of shows in a row now, we've been very lonely. I feel like we're very isolated from the real world. Bevo, how are you uh, doing an impression of someone named Brandon? Let's hear it. Perfect. Hi, I'm Brandon. Hi, I'm Brandon. Lower. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brandon. Okay, no, higher. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Okay. What, how did you brew this beer, Brandon? What What did you mash at? 300 degrees. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's that was the only question I had. Thank you. All right, nailed it. Did good. Bob, right. You did good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's only been like, what, 20 minutes into the show, and we're on our second beer. I feel I feel like a turd, but... Uh, we have some English barley wine to drink here? Yeah, I know we have your beers, and we'll get to those, I guess, eventually, yeah, if Bev gives bar, us more more glasses. We can quickly re-brew the kick-your-own-ass ale and let's just re-brew it. try that again. Yeah. Right. Uh, Brian, go ahead and let's uh, let's get into Brandon's okay. uh, Rye Brand- IPA. Yeah, it's, this is a 21B... Yeah, specialty IPA. Of course, if you look on your phone, it's a 21G, which I guess there's no such thing in the 
But, yeah. The uh, so the style guidelines. There's like the the BJCP just gave it 21B is what you get, you know, in the when you look at the actual guidelines. But it's you know especially IPA. But in the uh, app, like okay. the yeah, you get all they gave each one a, a letter. They probably had to to be uh, able to. No, I mean the, the weird part about it is every app's different. Like oh, uh, there's a multi. I have two apps on my phone, and, and the BJCP <laughs> doesn't actually endorse any app. This is yeah. Stupid. Why like, not? They should endorse an app. And it's then 2018. The and then certain apps don't have like the history and the stuff in, in the beginning of the description, so they're missing stuff. So I actually have two apps, so I can look at the differences. Because when I was teaching a BJCP class, people were like, "I had this app," and I'm like, "Well, no, I had this app," and we had to like use both of them to cross reference what the hell people were looking at. So. Yeah. And, wow. And, and now there's no there's no longer what a PDF version of the guidelines. So like, correct. It's all a mess. And it's like, what are you going to go to the web- website? Like, who's going to read the website on their phone? Like, it's not a, a mobile version of the. Uh, it's just a mess. Like, I you know everyone's was like, complaining on the the Facebook page about it, and it's like, good God. Like, yeah, I'm looking just at get a freaking like version of the app that is the certified the BJC, official. Yeah, the official one versus all these ass clowns creating is, different versions of it, and and yours has like. 21G on it. Like, and H, seen that before. yeah. Yeah. And then all the, the specialties, like it's it goes to 30, um, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, are, that's, that's just, yeah. that's their own made-up thing. The 27 eyes. Let's, let's recategorize Asante, stuff. Like, Why don't they yeah. just like, start changing the descriptions on that, that fucking app you have, oh, language, app you have then. Like, I don't know. That's, that's yeah, I don't want to, I mean, that's, uh, now I want to do an app, but just shift all of the numbers <laughs> to numbers. Somebody, so if like the, like the starting grab is like 1045, I want it to be 1047. I want just, a description of like yeah. classic ingredients and, 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 you know, what you're doing. Like this beer has to be mashed at three. 300 degrees <laughs> this is, uh, like Celsius. 2015 BJCP styles is the app I'm using. So, yeah, or that's what it says at the top. Anyway, I'm not sure. I don't know what app that it's, is. Uh, I have a couple of it. It has the, the BGCP logo. All right, well, let's get to Brandon's thing. beer, and let's stop boring okay. everybody yeah. with app talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, someone told me, too, like, uh, they, they listened to this show on the road with their daughter, and um, it's like, yeah, you know, some of those words you just shouldn't say. Like, But know, overall, we're your, the cleanest, most respectful show on the Brew Network, so yeah, take yeah, that for what They're probably talking, talking about the session and all that. That's right. Okay, specialty IPA, 21-whatever, rye IPA. In a brown Grolsch-style bottle. Had a light hiss when we opened it. Appropriate fill. Um, missing the Grolsch cap. Uh, aroma-wise, it had a moderate hop aroma with um, had kind of a dank and piney impression with some citrusy notes in tandem with that. A medium caramel malt uh, with low spice supporting. Uh, esters are low and fruity, kind of juicy fruit-like. Uh, I didn't get any DMS or diacetyl. Seemed fairly clean, but to me, the... The fruitiness was a little bit odd in there. Uh, the esters were kind of expressing themselves in a little different way. It's just kind of like, I don't know, I always say Juicy Fruit Gum is just like has all these different kind of punch bowl like and, mm-hmm. and, and sharp kind of tangerine-y um, esters in there. Um, I would say that it, that it definitely needs a little more hops to be a better IPA. Uh, it's coming across more malty than hoped. Um, Appearance-wise, it's a medium light copper color. Uh, it, it seems a bit dark for this style. The uh, has kind of orangey red highlights in there, and it's fairly clear. Uh, maybe a little bit of haze, but uh, medium low moose-like uh, light tan head that persists very well. I definitely have to give it points for for head retention. 
flavor-wise, it's a medium-low hop flavor with a resiny, citrusy character. Again, that low, juicy fruit note uh, comes through in the asters. It's maybe a, or maybe like a Munich-y kind of a note, like a, uh, I don't know, something kind of fruity in the malt or and or the esters expressing itself in a kind of a weird way with this beer, kind of jut, jutting out in the beer. Medium-low bitterness. Uh, seems like a pretty clean ale. I didn't get any obvious flaws in there. The malt is is uh, medium caramel, and uh, I'm getting a low spicy rye uh, in there. It finishes uh, medium dry with the malt lingering in the aftertaste. Uh, but again, I want more hops. I want more cowbell. All right. Um, you get it. I need... Uh, anyway, medium bodied in the mouthfeel, no obvious warmth, slightly creamy, medium carbonation, no no stringency, I would say. It's not really a biting <laughs> beer. I mean, there's definitely some, some hop bite to it, but it's not mm-hmm. malty astringent, I would say. Um, uh, the, yeah, the, the bitterness does kind of poke out in there, though, and it does kind of grab your tongue a little bit. And it's, it's fairly dry, so it just kind of has that... Slightly kind of leatherly drying out on your tongue feel. Leatherly, I said. Um, overall impression, a pleasant drinking rye IPA with a nice spicy rye character that, that is lacking in many of these. Uh, it just seems to lean too heavily towards this the malt. Um, and uh, the hops might be fading. It actually had kind of, to me, as I kept tasting, it's like it tastes like beers that I've, I've aged a little too long, where it's just kind of... The hops are fading, and the malt is coming through with this kind of syrupy twist, and like it's got an odd fruitiness to it. Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's not. I wouldn't say necessarily oxidized yeah, or not, raisiny, yeah. but just it's not kind of like really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe I an odd you. honey-like thing, but yeah. yeah um, so yeah, just the malt overall is high, and the color is really dark. It's. Uh, I would consider maybe you know. If I, it's a tasty beer. Like it, call it a, um, a slightly hoppy rye amber. I don't know uh, what you're going for here, uh, but yeah, Brandon's rye IPA is a it's a pleasant beer. But for style, I'd have to give it a, a thirty. Kind of, it's it's not severely flawed in any any way that I can pick out. But it's just off balance in a lot of different ways and and possibly aged a little bit past its prime so sorry okay. it's like i'd love to taste this a little fresher and with a little more hop but but you definitely need to lighten it up a little bit so yeah good beer okay awesome what did you give it sorry uh 30 even okay awesome um all right keith kyle steve one of you guys i i will i will channel my inner kyle right now uh this is kyle uh, it has a big fruity. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, we have a big, you know, a big fruity character on the nose. Uh, very estery. Um, God, you if know. you had read that whole score sheet that way, <laughs> yeah, I would have had to leave the building. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you know, I'm getting, I'm getting the ester. You know, some of the, the big fruitiness is both from the esters and I think from the yeast. Uh, I'm sorry, from the hops and the yeast. So the esters and the hops. Uh, I get red apple, melon. Uh, floral, uh, leaning toward rose sort of character. Um, um, yeah. Really strong there, though. Um, but also with a strong malt aroma. I get biscuit, light crystal, and uh, even a hint of chocolate. Um, generally cleanly fermented, but I think the esters seemed a bit a bit high, uh, depending on the yeast strain you're using. Um, 
I'm I'm failing, you know, you know, I'm talking about a little bit of the hop sort of character there, but I think the hop should be higher for obviously a rye IPA. We're on the low side there. I should get some a little more of the the pine, the fruit, whatever, you know, whatever you're using there. I get some of the pine and I get some of the, yeah. the dankness, but not they, not enough. It they might seems... be higher if that mal- the malt was a little more out of the way too. Yeah. So yeah. They yeah, I was actually fine. Yeah. And and then on appearance, like very deep amber, bordering on light brown. I was kind of surprised when it was poured. I'm like, you know, what is this? Uh, even looking at this, I'm like, is this going to be a uh, a brown IPA or uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was it was a strange color in, in general. Um, <laughs> It's hard to see these glasses. Last night when I poured it, I thought it was brilliantly clear. Um, but even in the head, there's a, a slight off-white, almost slightly tan, tan head there. So there's some probably some roast malt or dark, dark crystal in there as well, which is a pretty much a, a you know straight up a no-no if you're just doing uh, a regular IPA. You know you're not going to put a, a 120 crystal in a regular IPA, even if it's a rye IPA. If it's a red rye, that's something different. And maybe this is inspired by like Sierra Nevada's old red rye IPA, and that's a different different story. That yeah. could be. Yeah, but you got to do that. You got to make sure you're clear when Call you're it entering out. it. Yeah, calling out what you're doing and what you're trying to do. Okay. So I think, you okay. know, that's a good lesson for Brandon here. Is if he's going to enter it as something uh, and wants it to be something, make sure you call that out on the. On on you know the submission form that you're saying, hey, this is a red rye IPA, not just a rye IPA. Anyway, um, so all that you know, all that being said, uh, moving on to flavor, get a lot of malt flavor, uh, light light chocolate note, fairly sweet with a medium high bitter finish. Uh, not really getting the rye quality, but I can't really necessarily say I get that a lot in a lot of beers. I hear the spiciness, but to me, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm not really picking that up. Um, hop flavor is medium low. I'm getting apple, pine, light pine, uh, floral again, um, and maybe a slight medicinal note as well. Uh, balance, I'd say, is nearly even. Uh, both are pretty high, both in you know the sweetness and the bitterness. Um, and and finally, like fermentation again and flavor, it seems the esters are, are fairly high. Uh, nothing off, no diacetyl, no acetaldehyde, but I am getting a. A good amount of esters there uh, that are showing themselves, and uh, like you know, like I said even maybe contributing to the the apple and floral sort of notes. Uh, mouthfeel, medium body, medium carbonation, uh, stringency. There's medium low astringency from bitterness, uh, medium warming. Probably all okay for style. Um, uh, finally, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't dislike this beer. I thought I, you know, I enjoyed drinking it, but uh, for a rye IPA, I thought it was a little, missed the mark. Um, it's bitter and sweet with a you know complex malt character. Um, is it a brown rye IPA? I, I thought that initially. Then later on, thinking about it, I'm like, you know, maybe it's an American strong ale. I think it actually fits better as American strong ale than than hmm. anything else that I could think of. Although it is pretty estuary, and, and because of those kind of darker malt flavors, yeah. and okay, yeah. and it looks a little bit like kick your own ass ale. Yeah, and I was that's kind of funny. Sue this guy, in, so uh, Brian sue um, his ass, sue his own ass. He just took my beer, me, put yeah. rye in it. It reminds me a little bit of a Nosferatu from the Great Lakes Brewing Company. Um, Never heard of either of those things. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, but a little too estuary. I think I would watch uh, what you're doing there. Like, is, did the fermentation? I was hoping to talk to Brandon tonight. Did the fermentation get a little yeah, out of control? Um, did you use different yeast strain, English strain, possibly? But it just felt like the esters were a little, a little too high in this beer. 
Um, okay. But if yeah. you want to stay in the IPA category, um, do a couple of things. Declare it's a red IPA or a brown IPA or whatever you're doing here. And then you gotta, you got to bump the hops up a lot if you really want it to be an IPA. So it's going to get lost in any kind of competition. So, you really so want to judge. Saying it's a rye IPA isn't enough. You have to... You should clarify a little bit more. You can make a pale rye IPA. You can make a, a red IPA. You know, like, okay. no. I mean, like, this is, for an IPA, this is too dark for a, a standard IPA. Would you agree, right. Brian, that this is, like... Definitely. Like, yeah, it's, like, brownish. Well, it's, like, brown. So, like, you got to you gotta say exactly what you want. You know, what, I mean, red would be fine. Like, hey, this is a red IPA. I'd be like, yeah, I can, I can call this red. Okay. Um, but you got you to gotta throw that other descriptor into it. And that's all you need. I mean, but, like, yeah, if you want this to be an IPA, you need to bump the hops up. I mean, we're yeah. right now we're talking about something that's estery, fruity, and not entirely unenjoyable, but just uh, yeah. So this is the mark for an IPA. I've yeah. Heard. All right. Can we talk about rye a little bit? Sure. I'll give my final score, and then I'll let you. Please, yeah. 27 yeah. is what I gave it out of, okay. out of 50. Fair. So I think that I wonder if the spicy aspect of rye is coming from the association with rye bread and, like, kind of the caraway seed yeah. kind of flavor that you get with a, a traditional rye, German rye bread, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that richness. But, like, yeah. you got to think, like, ignore the caraway seed and just get the grain. Like, it's not... It's it's not really a spicy flavor to me, like a phenolic spice, but it's more of a kind of a grainy depth to the flavor. And I've made some rye beers that have had like a you know twenty percent rye, like a really high percentage of rye in them, and they have this kind of gnarly like ancient grain kind of like undertone. Like yeah, it's not. It's a deep. You know, it's a deeper flavor, but it's not like. Sp- so I call it spicy when spicy, I describe yeah. it, but it's like that rye spiciness and. Yeah. But to me, it's in there. I feel like this beer has a nice amount of rye, and I really mm-hmm. like that about the beer. Uh, there's a lot else in there kind of arguing against that, but it still expresses itself in an interesting way, and the, the rye works with the beer. So, like, it's just to me, it might be a matter of categorizing it or, you know, kind of rebrewing it so it, it meets more of that that traditional style IPA, but, but definitely needs more hops for sure. So For sure. Um, but yeah, cool. Good, good rye PA can be really fun, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be a good, a good experiment that, to do this. Would be like to make a beer without rye and with rye and, and side by side, and just make the two totally. beers. Yeah, like, like you said, twenty twenty five percent. And be like, hey, can you? What's, what does rye taste like? Because I've always struggled with that. I've made rye IPAs and always been like, eh, I don't know, really, you know. So um, maybe that's just my own lack of refinement in, in tasting rye, but. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about the caraway. I've always disliked caraway yeah, seeds yeah. as a child and never liked rye bread. It was like Christmas came around and was like, hey, you can have some <laughs> rye bread with Swiss cheese and ham. And I'm like, no, thanks. can I get something else? Yeah, but <laughs> but the, the grain dog. itself is a distinctive and rich kind of earthy, grainy flavor. And it's 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 it gives it a twist for sure. Yeah. No, so. I, I didn't want a hot dog. Yeah. I would take like really spicy mustard and slap it on <laughs> the, the ham and then scrape the all the caraway it. seeds off. No, I put the cheese in the middle and just eat like a ham and cheese sandwich like, without any bread. Like that's sort of thing but all right we're gonna take a break uh and then we're gonna come back and have a question that someone mailed emailed in to us so we're gonna address that and the then question is why we're gonna get relevant to the price of um, who knows wheat. Uh, all right this is dr homebrew we'll be right back everybody 
you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for hanging around, everybody. Before we get to this question, in which, uh, you know, why not? Why don't we email get email questions? Who, who knows? If you have a question, email me and jp at thebraindetwork.com, and, uh, you know, we'll eventually read it on the air. Although Dear this one JP. is a little bit, this is from like February 7th, so it's, you know, it's pretty uh, relevant. But before we get to that, I do want to talk to you guys about water, and specifically the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit, which is the iDip. It's for home or commercial use. The only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part, which is why I love it. The iDip pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results instantly to your own personal water profile that you can email to the rest of your brewing team or post to your Facebook page and let your homebrew club get the lowdown on your base water profile. There are 40, excuse me, over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded on the iDip, and more are available for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium, hardness, pH, sulfate, and more. And you only need four mils of water for each test, which is pretty dope. So check it out. Go to smartbrewkit.com and enter code TBN10 at checkout, and you can save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Okay, here is uh, this question. This is questions from Dean. He says, I would like to brew some Belgians, uh, doubles, triples, quads, this mm-hmm. spring, and I dug out some of my old recipes from back in the day. I caught the hop bug, so it's been more than two decades since I've really brewed many of the maltier styles. I remember the results to have been very good, other than a few bad experiments with spice additions, but I was surprised to see that I had used Maris Otter in these recipes instead of the traditional quote, good continental Pilsner malt. Can you advise why I should use a Pilsner malt over a pale ale malt in a Belgian ale recipe? 
Thanks, he says. Yeah. All right, go for it. I mean, Maris Otter, just, you know, the traditional floor-malted Maris Otter malt is going to give you that, that rich kind of bready... Um, just English ale taste that you, you get in ESBs, and and uh, it's just a richer f- uh, uh, flavor to me. That's probably going to fight. I think that the the Belgian Pilsner malt just has a nice crisp kind of Pils malt flavor. Um, you know, you got to watch out. You got to be careful with your boil, and definitely be sure you drive off all the the DMS precursors, or you're going to yeah. have a little bit of that in there. But um, no, I would definitely go with the traditional. It's going to make a difference in your beer. I'll try brewing the same beer with with uh, with both grains and and sure submit it to a competition and see which one does better. If you do everything identically, I guarantee you that Belgian Pils malt is going to win. Yeah, I mean it's it depends on the styles you're making. I'm not sure if he just said doubles and Belgian dark strongs. Is that what he yeah. said? But He's, like if he said doubles, ones. triples, and quads. Yeah, but, triple, if you're going to do a, a triple, like yeah. you need a Pils malt. I mean, critical. you need that flavor. Like that's anything else is going to get in the way. It's just going to mess up the beer. And Belgian golden strongs even probably more that way. He didn't mention that, but like a Belgian Pilsner, you need a Pils malt. Like yeah. you know, I've seen like doubles and Belgian quads made with like Belgian pale pale ale malt, and mm-hmm. and I think I think that malt has less. It's more more like an American probably yeah. pale malt than it is like a Maris Otter. Like Maris Otter has a a pretty distinct biscuity sort of flavor yeah, to it yeah. that is gonna it's gonna influence the beer. Like you want a little bit of that biscuit flavor in your double, but like a full. 100%, not 100%, but like 100% your base malt being Maris Otter, that's going to that's gonna add a lot of flavor there that you probably don't want. Yeah, you could like, get away you know. with blending for complexity yeah. maybe, but uh, yeah. Just. Yeah, you probably drop the biscuit malt and blend some of that in, and, and but finding all that out is going to be a pain in the butt, and if you think about a professional <laughs> brewery, they're not going to do that. They're going to use a base malt and then mix the other specialty malts in, and right. even use it by a sack rate sort of a sack rate. Uh, <laughs> sack rate. What's your uh, you sack know, rate yeah, on that beer? Yeah, I'm going to find out what's going to fit in like there. But, like, yeah, I, I just, I mean, you could try it. Like, it's fun. Do it. But as Brian mentions, it may not hit the mark when it comes to, uh, you know, too much biscuity character from the from the beer. You know, like, it's it's, it's going to taste a little bit different. And mm-hmm. your attenuation probably be a little bit different as well um, from using that malt. Maybe not much. But, you know, I think... Uh, but enough to make an impact? Do you think? You think maybe just a Maris Otter is going to be maybe a little dry it out a little too much? Is that what you mean? No, or the opposite. Need more sweetness. Okay, more sweetness. And I mean, I guess more like, sweetness than the yeah, Pilsner I mean, malt would. Yeah, yeah, I think a Belgian okay. Pils or other types of Pils like they may be, may be more cheaper than Maris Otter. So there's another cost consideration there. Like, why do you want to use something that's going to cost you more money when it's not even necessarily the style? But it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Are you trying to win awards? Or you just want to make a beer that you really enjoy drinking and maybe you really like that biscuity character right. and yeah. you want that to be in your beer? Then that's fine. And there's other ways to accomplish that as well. You can you can mix in like we talked about before, like Mel. You know, I'm sorry, Munich malt or even biscuit malt and stuff like that. Like, uh, just different flavors to get where you want to be. Um, and it's all a balancing act and, you know, how traditional you want to be with everything. And if you're already adding, like, Maris Otter, then you may be able to find a cheaper way there or an easier way there than to either blend or use 100%. But if you, you know, if you somehow have a silo of Maris Otter in your backyard, <laughs> then fine, go for it and try it. Like, I, it might know, make really good beer. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's going to make great beer. It just may not taste like your typical double. And and then the bigger styles, I get a little worried about attenuation. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could probably attenuate Maris Otter down 
I mean, the argument I've always heard is just is just flavor replication. If you want it to taste the way it traditionally is made, I don't even traditionally the way that it's made to to style, you need the flavor impact of that Pilsner malt that Maris Otter doesn't necessarily bring. Pilsner malt has a lot of flavor. Like that's kind of it's always a weird thing. Yeah, people are always like, well, you could just replace it with Pilsner malt. Let's make a triple IPA or a double IPA with Pilsner malt, and like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because Pilsner malt to me has more flavor than two rel. And it's like I never really understood, like, hey, let me just throw Pilsner malt in because Pilsner malt does give you certain characteristics. You get the graininess, you get the um, a little bit of DMS as well. I, I don't know. There's just a, a certain character about Pilsner malt, and there's a reason you use it in Hellas versus using a two row and you know and a triple, for example, too. Like you, if you throw you throw together a triple with just two row malt and and you know simple syrup or you know whatever any of the syrups that you can use. <laughs> You know, it's not going to taste boring. the same. Yeah. Right. Taste right. Pilsner malt has a specific yeah, flavor. They, the styles right. developed over the years in the regions that they were traditionally brewed because these grains that were grown on their soil and malted the way they malt them worked with that process that they put the brewers put together to make it into beer. Mm-hmm. And it's just developed over, you know, millennia or yeah, the centuries at least, but, you know, to, that, to become what it is today and, yeah. and, and why mess with a good thing? To me, it's most it's most glaring in Kolsch, I think, where if you have like yeah. a two-row, you know, Kolsch versus a, a Pilsner malt Kolsch, yeah. the, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. So, Dean, what I would suggest maybe is kind, it's kind of what the guys were saying a little bit too, but to just riff on it a little bit, take some Maris Otter, take some uh, Pilsner malt, and steep them both. <coughs> And taste it. Taste taste the the word that comes from that, and you know, just in little a little quart or a little ounce thing or whatever, steep in some hot water for, you know, one at one fifty for half an hour, and then pour it off and taste it. You'll taste the difference right then, and that that will carry over. So that's that's the reason. The reason is just flavor. It's the your, your flavor impact is going to be better uh, yeah. with a pilsner malt. Well, I shouldn't say better, better. It's it's different, different. Right? It's going to be different. It's going to be different. More appropriate. Like, yes. Again, if you want to, you want to brew to style and brew for competitions, you're going to need to to do that. If you want to just brew for your own taste and you want to make a great Belgian style style beer that's a little bit different out of the box, then yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, but, you know, I guess it depends on what you're really trying to do there. Yeah, for sure. Chewing on the malts tells you something, too. But no, you get more husk character in that way. But, yeah. Yeah. Hey, JP, tell me, what's this uh, Spring Brews Fest thing you Man, guys always Man, I'm do? glad that you said that because I'm literally just looking up the Spring um, Fest promotion. Spring um, they are on, tickets are on sale. The event is March 31st, our annual Spring Brews Fest. You can go to thebringnetwork.com slash Spring Brews Festival 2018. Um, and there are hyphens in there for sure. Uh, but I think that there are, what is it, 60 breweries. And, and some great breweries, by the way. Like right some up. of the breweries you you wouldn't see at other festivals in the Bay Area, for example, are there. Like you know, just just rare barrel for you know as a as an example. Like they don't go to a lot of festivals, and you know, no, they really don't. And you know, Russian River and Altamont. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I'm not even gonna. I'm, I'm, if I, I have to name all sixty, I'd feel you know whatever. But there's right. there's a lot of great breweries there, and it's. Uh, yeah, just yeah. I don't list. have a list. The list is not on our website. 
well, it was, it was in the bathroom. I was just, you know, yeah. it was, I was using the urinal. I looked up and I'm like, man, that's a but pretty good list. That's a pretty good list of breweries. It, it's right on there. the urinal, but it's not on our website. Yeah. So, so if you can come with me to the urinal right now. We'll be actually. I would love it if you went into the urinal and called in. <laughs> I swear to God, go to the, the bathroom call and call in. in. I think no, if, it's, if you search for the go to the bathroom and call in. He's not going to do it, JP. Why not? I'm drinking beer right now. That's radio. Oh, you guys are fucking uh, boring. We suck. Well, anyway, tickets are now on sale. They're $40 pre-sale or $50 at the door, and they include unlimited pours and a commemorative glass, of course. If you're a DD, if you're a designated driver, tickets are 5 bucks. Uh, but this is a 21 and over only event. Why is it so cheap, too? I mean, that's crazy like, compared yeah. to some of the other events I've, I've been to in the Bay Area. That's a, a great price as well. It is crazy. And uh, this... Uh, event is again a benefit for the TSBA Arts Foundation which helps fund the summer music program in Todos Santos Park as well as youth music programs around Concord. So check it out brewingnetwork.com Spring Brews Fest um, and you can get your tickets now. Oh, okay. Yes. That would be fun. All right. I would like to do that. Yep, sounds good. I will not be there because I will probably have had a kid by then and um, you know all that kind of stuff. Our so, life will change, God sir. bless, God bless me. Uh, God bless everybody. God bless everybody. Who, God you know, whoever needs it. Um, you know, Satan bless you too. Whatever you want to do. However look. you roll. Yep. So we're on our way out right now. I just want to say I'm drinking my English barley wine. I've there been we brewing go. For 22 years, and the first time I'm actually brewing an English barley wine, and. Uh, fun you know all right bringing it and uh it's tasty there we go keith is gonna have no fun right now because he didn't go do my bit for me and that sucks uh, so there'd be a line and i'd go there and there'd be a line i'd be like standing I know. between people be like hey yes can I, I know through and yes and, and use the urinals like to get a picture of the yes this is the exactly there. that's exactly what i wanted i wanted people I really in the bathroom when i hit did guys that. in the bathroom that's not what you don't have to <laughs> look if you pray that away it just it you, you know uh, anyway all right everybody thanks a lot for tuning in and we will see you next month